Hello, and welcome to the first episode of For You and For Me, a new way to listen to Monsignor Kieran Harrington's homilies. In his homily this past Divine Mercy Sunday, brought to us by St. Faustina, Monsignor speaks about damnation and salvation in the context of the Sunday readings. He references Immanuel Kant's contributions to our understanding of philosophy and also faith. He speaks of our worldly comforts, what it means to be at peace, and how we can achieve it. And he asks, through the gifts of the Holy Spirit, are you willing to take the risk of faith? Can you be moved to the cross? Today is Divine Mercy Sunday. This uh, feast day was proclaimed in the millennial year on the feast of the canonization of Sister Faustina. Sister Faustina was a 20th century, early 20th century, late 19th century saint who had visions of Christ. Uh, And in one of the visions, uh, it was Jesus who was touching his sacred heart. Uh, And there was the revelation, the image, uh, that Jesus, I trust in you. That we had to have a trust, a serene trust in Jesus. And the important thing is to realize that there was a context, that something happens when you don't trust in Jesus. And the thing that happens when you don't trust in Jesus, which Sister Faustina kind of recounts Jesus saying to her, is that I am giving you this image as a last attempt that people might believe in my mercy in order that they may save because many are being lost. Damnation. So it's important for you and for me to see these two poles, damnation and salvation. We are saved because of our belief in the name of Jesus Christ. When we do not believe in the name of Jesus Christ, then we are damned. Now, how do we understand that in the context of the readings? I would propose to you, notice that St. John points out to us something. Jesus, I trust in you. It's Sunday, first day of the week. Jesus appears to them. The doors were locked. Why? fear of the Jews. They're afraid that they're going to be uncovered. They're going to be persecuted. The doors are locked because they're afraid. Jesus has the encounter with them. He shows them his hands and his side. And they believe. And Jesus says to them, as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. Notice what happens, though, a week later. Jesus appears, but the doors are locked. So guess what? The disciples who have had this encounter with Christ, who is the risen Lord, though they've walked with him for three years, though they've experienced the crucifixion, though they've experienced his resurrection, they're still afraid. Jesus, I trust in you. But as the Father sent me, so I send you. The fact is, is that the disciples are going to have to move to the cross. They're not ready yet. They're not ready yet. But the Holy Spirit is going to be the one who is going to move them to the cross. What then is the implication for you and for me? We have to move to the cross as well. You know, I think about uh, the world today. Yesterday was an interesting day, and it's appropriate because today is the birthday of Immanuel Kant, who was a great uh, philosopher. Yesterday was a big march for science in Washington. 
And what is interesting is, is there seems to be this, uh, this movement in some quarters to say that science and religion are sort of opposed to one another. And yet, that is not certainly how Kant saw things, right? The Economist actually had a very wonderful quote of Kant that says, science helps order our knowledge, but wisdom helps us order our lives. Wisdom is this understanding of how our world operates as science, why our world operates. This is the realm of philosophy and of faith. In other words, there are different ways of knowing things. The scientific method is one way of knowing, but it's not the exclusive way of knowing. And if you think for a moment about what is happening, there have been so many advances for you and for me. Think for a moment about, you could walk out the door here right now, and if you want Polish food, you can have Polish food. If you want German food, you could have German food. If you want Thai food, you could have Thai food. If you want Korean food, you could have Korean food. You want Italian food, you could have Italian food. You probably don't want to have Irish food, but the fact is, is you could have whatever you want to have. Just walk out the door. And by the way, if it's hot, as it was on Easter Sunday, crank up the AC. The day before, you had the heat on. We live in a society which really is very comfortable. Think about how comfortable you are. And comfort is a fearful thing for you and for me. Comfort should be something that should make us alert because what does comfort do? Comfort allows us to surrender a lot of our will Comfort allows us to surrender a lot of our will so that no longer are we deciding, but we are kind of just sleepwalking, floating along. We are not making decisions. We're just going like a dog who immediately, as you put the food out to it, goes to it right away, reflexively, without thinking. And so, brothers and sisters, for you and for me, we have to listen to the words of Jesus We've got to trust in him. And notice he says, peace be with you. The locked doors are a sign that the disciples, the apostles, are not particularly peaceful. They're scared. Jesus is trying to say to them, peace be with you. In other words, is that because they don't trust in him, because they don't believe, they are damned. Damnation is not something that God does to you and to me. Damnation is something that we heap upon ourselves. We become damned because we do not trust in Jesus Christ because ultimately when we can trust in him and walk out into the world, yes, you may be crucified. If you look at all the images in the windows, you see the instruments of torture for the apostles, why, the, how they were martyred. That may happen to you. You may lose your job if you are a Christian. You may have problems in your family life. You may have difficulties paying your bills. You may not make as much money as you, as you could make. This is the fact. There is a consequence to living as a Christian. But what our promise is, is living as a Christian, is that we experience the peace of Christ. And what is the peace of Christ? The peace of Christ is which we've heard plenty of times repeatedly during Advent, that I am at peace, one, with myself. How many people are going to therapy today? 
many of us. Why? We're not at peace with ourselves. What medicine do we have to take in order to kind of be able to get through life? We are not at peace with ourselves. Peace with ourselves? Two, peace with you, with our neighbor. We live in a litigious society. Want a job? Go become a lawyer. Everybody's suing one another all the time. We live in a litigious society. How am I at peace with my neighbors? Third, what's the concern for so many young people? That our landfills are filling up with all sorts of disposable goods. We're at peace with God's creation because we are the stewards of God's creation. And yet we live in a world that can't seem to value the earth. And lastly, when I'm at peace with myself and with you and with God's creation, I'm at peace with God. That I stand in right relationship with God. In other words, I recognize that I am not a creator. I am a creature. And as a creature, I owe, I owe the sacrifice and worship and honor to my creator. And when I live in right relationship with God, with creation, with my neighbor and myself, then I experience peace. Jesus, at every encounter after the resurrection, says to the disciples, the apostles, peace be with you. Once the disciples are able to grasp that reality, then they are able to grasp also the commission that Jesus gives to them. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And so, after this experience, Peter walks out in the street, as we heard in the first reading this past week, and said, silver and gold I have not, but what I have I give you. Stand up, take your mat, and walk. All of a sudden, Peter has the power of Christ. And as he becomes more confident in the fact that Jesus is working in his life and he's able to see how Christ is working in his life, soon he is called, in a very beautiful passage, story told from antiquity, it's Quo Vadis. Quo Vadis. Where do you go? And the story is that St. Peter is on the Via Appia and he's walking away from the city of Rome. He's walking away because he's going to be martyred. And so he's walking on this road and he encounters Christ. And he sees Christ and Christ says to him, Peter, quo vadis. Peter is running away. And then he asks the Lord, where are you going, Lord? And Jesus says, I am going to Rome to be crucified again. In which case, Peter turns around and as you know, Peter is crucified upside down because he knows himself to be unworthy of the same death of Christ. Brothers and sisters, faith demands a change in your life and in my life. There is the risk of faith. For the disciples, they had to unlock the doors and go out into the streets. Now the question is, is what's the risk that Christ is asking of you so that you can say, with Faustina, Jesus, I trust in you. May God bless you. Thank you for listening. For You and For Me is brought to you by DeSales Media Group. Please subscribe in iTunes or wherever you download podcasts. 
You can tweet comments or questions to the Twitter handle at MonsignorH. For Monsignor Karen Harrington, I'm Dave Plisky, and these are his words to live by for you and for me.